Thank you, Brother John Sien. Before we enter the words of God this morning, let's come to the Lord together and pray. Father, we commit this time to your hand. Prepare our hearts, open our ears and our eyes so that we know your will and we know your heart. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, last Sunday, in my short meditation or my weekly reflection, sent to TMC WhatsApp group and also Facebook, I share that my daughter is currently in the stage of follow. Uh, and for your information, she's now one year and ten months. Yes, okay. So whether it's singing, doing movement, or daily living habits, he will imitate and follow. Not only that, when my wife and I have to go out to buy something or go for a debt, she also wants to follow. Especially because she's a, we can say she's an MCO baby. Almost the time she's at home. So whenever we will go out, she will want to follow. Okay, not only that, <coughs> brothers and sisters, not only children like to follow, but as adults, we follow others too. When someone says that the food in that, this restaurant is delicious, we will go and have a try. Not only for food, we may buy what the celebrities weigh and go check in at the place where they, were, they went before. And brothers and sisters, is this happening in our church? Is this happening in our church too? For example, our Methodist pastors are appointed every year, which means that although four, all four of us are still serving here in TMC this year, we may not be here next year. Where there will be members who are familiar with us, who will go with us to a new church because of us. And I just, I heard that some members, not from our church, some members who did this, because they are so used to this pastor's preaching style and the way of doing things. And brothers and sisters, I'm not saying this is not good. I'm not saying this is not good. But there is a question for us to ponder when this happened. Are we following people or following God? Are we following people or following God? Especially in this pandemic, how many members are still staying in this church? How many members look around, are still staying and serving in this church? And last week, through uh, Reverend Vincent had led us to learn about the DNA of the soldier of Christ from Joshua. This week, I'm taking you to look at another leader, and the leader name was Caleb. The leader name was Caleb. And from the scripture, we see that he is not following man, but God wholeheartedly. How did he follow the Lord? How did he follow the Lord wholeheartedly? So the first point I'm going to share is he followed God and he is uninfluenced by others. Let's look at verse 6 to add together and read it together. <clears throat> 
Come. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua and Gilgad, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Canaanite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of Akashus Barnea, about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went out with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So, brothers and sisters, when we enter in chapter 14, Joshua begins to divide the land west of the Jordan among the nine and a half tribes. And the first inheritance was given to the tribe of Judah. And two chapters, chapter 14 and 15, according to uh, what we, we used the materials this last week. Uh, this, within this week, we are studying chapter 14 to chapter 18. So Joshua used two chapters to record the inheritance received by the tribe of Judah. And in verse 6 here, we can see that a character appeared, which is Caleb, uh, who came to Joshua as a representative of the tribe of Judah. As you know, Caleb and Joshua were two of the twelve spies who spied on the land of Canaan back then. At that time, they went to the land of Canaan and spied there. Uh, you can see from the numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 13 and 14. And I'll tell you the story, okay, for some of your information or the background. So when they go there and go uh, spy back, 10 of them say, hey, we have two news. One good news, one bad news. Which one do you want to hear first? Uh, which one? Normally we will say we want to hear the good news first. So here, they say, that land is really flowing with milk and honey. And we see the land is full of grapes. And we carry a bunch of grapes back together. Uh, you can see, I'll give you a show, you a picture. Uh, you see, the grapes are so huge that they need two persons to carry a bunch of grapes. And this is the photo that I take from uh, online, as you know, uh, or from the Canaan land. You can see so big. And from here, we can know that the land is really flowing with what? Honey and milk. So rich. But somehow, this is a good news, and we need to know the second news that is bad news. So the bad news is what? The bad news is that the people there are great people, very tall and powerful. And we sing like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same. To them, you can see from verse 30 to 33 here. We look like grasshopper in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. And that's mean it's like we are their food. Their words distance spies, words discourage the Israelites. And the whole community wept bitterly and complained to Moses. And they wanted to go back to Egypt. And when they provoked God's wrath, God punished them. And they went to spy for 40 days, a day for a year. 
and wander in the wilderness for 40 years until everyone over the age of 20 fell to the desert. That is why. So then, had 40 years in the wilderness because of this. But between them, there are two persons were different from them. These two persons was, were Caleb and Joshua. Two of them full of confidence in God. They say in chapter 14, the land we pass through and explore is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, He will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. So two of them were pleased with God, and they lived to enter the land of Canaan. So brothers and sisters, last week we see this character Joshua, and this week I'm going to lead you to see this character Caleb. When I discover and study about this character, oh, I see this, this man is really good, smart. And if I have a son, I would name it, give him this name, Caleb, someone who followed God wholeheartedly. So Caleb came to see Joshua and the old story was repeated. And Joshua was very clear about the experience that go, they went before. So in these verses, we see that Caleb was not influenced by other people. Even though everyone turned away from following God, he still decided to follow God wholeheartedly. So this is the first point that we are going to learn from him. How to follow God wholeheartedly. And that is, follow God, not influenced by others. And from Bibles, we can see there is an example, which is this lady, which name Ruth. Let's take a look on Ruth chapter 1, verse 15 to 18, and see how she followed Naomi. Verse 15 here says, Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. Verse 16. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there, I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me. Be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. So verse 18, when Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So brothers and sisters, Ruth was not influenced by his, her sister-in-law. She decided to follow her mother-in-law and also follow her mother-in-law's God. And that is why, even though Ruth is not uh, Israelite, her name appears in the generation of Jesus. There's, one, there's two women, one of which is Ruth. Okay, so brothers and sisters, there is also a sister among us who is not influenced by others. And this sister's experience has deeply impressed me. And I got her permission to share her life testimony with you all today. So not, after, not long after the outbreak, 
this sister discovered that she has a strange disease. There is a body who itchy inapplicably. So she went to the doctor several times, but could not come to a conclusion. Every doctor has his own opinion. And taking medicine was not effective too. So when she shared her experience with her friends, several of them say that might be something dirty that harass you. Uh, in particular, one of them said that her friend had also a similar experience. And she went to the Sifu in the temple, asked for a talisman and have a drink. Then the Sifu said it was because the assistant of toilet ghost. So the friend advised her friend, uh, advised her to find the master, the Sifu. And this sister was taken aback because she really felt that every time she went, after she went to the toilet, it seems that the symptom really did come back. However, brothers and sisters, she knew that she was a Christian and she belonged to God. Therefore, she would rather eat she than offend God. But the things that had been told by her friend had been a seed in her heart. So, she invited a pastor to come to pray for her and cast out the demons. Of, of course, uh, uh, she had the thought whether to go or not because her friends, um, what her friends says was like a seed planted in her heart. Uh, so, but at the end, she still insisted not to try to use those methods. Just follow the Lord wholeheartedly and not be influenced by others. So after all, in her determination to follow God, God led her to the right daughter who could help her and find the reason behind her itchy and prescribe the right medicine. And things have gotten a lot better today. So brothers and sisters, our God is so powerful and is so great. So don't worry. Because today, brothers and sisters, very often when our body is sick, we will do what? We, are, we will eagerly to, to be healed. And sometimes this causes us to be easily deceived. Listening to what people say, and it seems like that, we need to grab the life-saving straw. So as long as I can be healed, I will believe in anything. Is, it, is that you? By doing so, we will be influenced by others to turn away from the Lord. And this is something that very common happened in our congregation, in our being congregation. If someone gets it, not, not such golfers, go for bomb offers. That is why, brothers and sisters, if we want to follow God wholeheartedly, we need to be uninfluenced by others. And may God help us to make up our mind to follow Jesus alone and be determined to follow Him forever, even if people all over the world, on our left and on our right, betray us. Lord Jesus, we still, we must follow Jesus to the end. This is how Caleb followed Lord 
wholeheartedly. And this is the first point. The second point, how Caleb follow God wholeheartedly. The second point, he is uninfluenced by time. Let's take a look on verse 9 to 11. I would like to invite all to read it together. One, two, three. So, on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked with will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, He has kept me alive for 45 years since the time He said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go up to battle now as I was then. So brothers and sisters, Caleb mentioned that God, through Moses' promise, will give Caleb and his descendants an eternal inheritance of the land they spy on because he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. So since God has promised this, God will surely let Caleb live. So after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, five years have passed. And now, Caleb is 85 years old. He said, I'm still as strong as the day when Moses sang him. And his strength was what it was then and what it is now. So Caleb confident in his valor rests on God's protection. He said, since God gave me that land, He will also give me enough grace and power to conquer it and inherit it as an inheritance. So Caleb's heart of following God has never changed. Not for one year, two years, or for 45 years. And he has been faithful to God and devoted himself to following God. So his heart of following God stood the test of time. And time can be said to be the alchemy stone of faith. And true faith can stand the test of time. So brothers and sisters, can your faith stand the test of time? Can your faith stand the test of time? So from the Bible, from the Old Testament, there's another leaders that follow God wholeheartedly, uninfluenced by time. And that is Daniel. Let's take a look on Daniel chapter 6, verse 3 to 10. I would like to invite all to read it together. Okay. One, two, three. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the subtribes by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the subtribes tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he has, was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligence. Verse 5. Finally, this man said, 
we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless he has something to do with the law of his God. So these administrators and subtraps went as a group to the king and said, May King Darius live forever. The royal administrator, prefects, subtraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god of human beings during next, the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. And now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered. In accordance with the law of the mid medicine and persons, which cannot be repeated. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now, listen, verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. What did he do? Three times a day he got down on his knee and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. So, brothers and sisters, Daniel was not affected by the king's decree and he kneeled down on his knees before his God three times a day to pray and give thanks, just as he always did. According to the calculation, Daniel was already an old man of about 80 years old. Can you imagine? At Chapter 6, Daniel was already an old man of about 80 years old. Old and free. Anyone here 80 years old and above? Anyone? None of one. And can you see here, when Daniel was already 80 years old, he still insisted on kneeling before God in prayer and thanksgiving three times a day. Three times a day. And from this, we can see that Daniel followed God wholeheartedly, regardless of time and age. Just like Caleb. Even in the face of prohibition that might lead to death, he still insists on getting down on his knee before God in prayer and thanksgiving three times a day. For your information, when Caleb was caught to Babylon, he was only 14 years old. At that age, he can already follow God wholeheartedly until 80 years old. As, as you know, he lived until 92 years old. 92 years old. And Daniel devoted his whole life to following God. 90 years. How many of us can be like him. Follow God wholeheartedly, regardless of time and age. And brothers and sisters, I am a second generation Christian. And my faith was passed down to me from my mother. My mother has been a Christian since primary school. After believing in the Lord, I can only say that my mother experienced all kinds of hardship in her life. 
some of which includes the threat of the Communist Party, the experience of my father's death, my brother's rebellious lifestyle of coming home late at night, credit card debts, and my sister's as well. She told me that she had dropped her belief in Christ when she was young. And one day, when she decided to give it up, just when she was going to give up, she experienced God saying to her, I am a triumph God, lovely, in her dream. And this convinced her to stay true to our God and insisted on this belief and determined to follow God to this day. And also when she faced the dangers, the threat of communist party, he prayed to God. She said, if there's something happened today, God, please run. And really, she faced many times of life threat. And on that day, God let the rain come down. And because of that, he promised God. She will use her life to proclaim God's gospel. So whenever she has a chance, she will share her testimony. She will preach the gospel. And now, she helped me to take care of my daughter. At the same time, she also committed herself at the eldest care sharing her testimony with the elders there. So she is now 70 years old and she still used her everyday her life to serve, to lead. And that's why her devotion to God, Lord's and gospel have deeply affected me. And that's why that's one of the reasons that I became a pastor. So brothers and sisters, for our application today, can our faith stand the test of time? Brothers and sisters, can our faith stand the test of time, especially for our young generation? Because we never experienced the war. We never experienced the hard time. It's just like what Reverend said, what we want and we get it. So can our faith stand the test of time. I would have to say some people believe in Jesus just for a period of time and then they stop. Some of my friends I see they serve God so keen in the younger age, but now they no longer go to church in my hometown. That I feel so sad. So brothers and sisters, can our fair stand the test of time? Because true faith is continuous faith. And following Jesus means a lifetime of following. Follow every day, follow every year, and follow all your life, just like Daniel in Caleb. And may God help us to follow Him with all our lives wholeheartedly. And of course, I want to affirm that there are many leaders in our church who have been following God since how who and remain true till today. And there are some still serving just like our brother John Chen. Uh, and another example is our, uh, our one of our member, BN members, uh, Uncle Chong, uh, who served in BN, our BN congregation. Although he is already 70 years old, he still helps to drive the gospel drain and participate in this visitation ministry. For him, <coughs> this is the task and responsibility that God has given him. 
And so he is devoted to his duty, and there is not so-called retirement. <laughs> Even if we retire in the workplace, we can still use our life, use our experience to continue to witness God and to use our residual light and residual energy, just like our former president, Reverend D.A. Kindai. Although he has retired, he is now still pastoring in Dallas Chinese Fellowship Church in Texas. So, brothers and sisters, don't say, I, I'm already old. Ask others. No. We can still use our experience to serve the Lord. You can see, Mahathir can still be Prime Minister at the age of 95. There's no other excuse for us. Just like Daniel can still be the what the leaders, although he's only 80 years old. And he lived until 92 years old. So, brothers and sisters, let's learn from Caleb and also Daniel. And the third point today, Caleb followed God wholeheartedly. The third point, he is not influenced by any second sentence. Let's look at verse 12. I'd like to invite you all to read it together. Now, give me this hill country. Oh, help me. I will drive them up just as he said. So, brothers and sisters, from verse 12, <coughs> we can see that although there are other types, there are other types, great men, giants, and large and fortified cities in that land, but as long as God is with us, we can. Caleb can overcome. We can over, uh, also overcome. From the verse, we can see, <coughs> and I can't just a word, but you can see uh, these photos. Uh, they are really giant. I'm only 8.5, 1.8 meters. But these Anakites, uh, they can be 5 meters. It's about the same tall as this cross. <coughs> can you imagine? It's one giant standing in front of you. Will you be afraid? Like what the ten spies say. We are just like grasshoppers. We are just like their food. But you see here, what can I say? Can I believe that? What? When, if God promised that he will give him this land, then he can go. He will go and defeat them. This is his belief. And he followed God wholeheartedly regardless of any circumstances. He believed that God is more powerful than the Anakites and the fortified cities. Somehow we know that if we rely on ourselves, we sure lose one. We sure, what? Die. But if God is with us and God helps us, who can resist us? See, remember the sermon that I preached last month? <coughs> S or S. See, remember? If God is with us, who can be our enemies? If we have help from God, who can be our enemies? So, <clears throat> we are victorious and more than conquerors in all things through Him who loves us. So, as an example, you can see from Job, verse um, Chapter 1, verse 20 to 22. 
I would like to invite you all to read it together. At this. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away, may the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Thank you. So brothers and sisters, Job encountered hardship far beyond our imagination. But even in such a difficult and trying circumstances, he did not give up his faith and still follow God. Brothers and sisters, there's a story. <coughs> there was a girl who was touched by God's call. And she wanted to go to preach the gospel in Africa, ancient Africa, war Africa. Her parents repeatedly persuaded her not to go, but she refused. At the end, they had no choice but to let her go. On the day of her departure, relatives and friends went to the train station to see her off. In all the commotion of goodbye hearts, tears and will wishes in such a big crowd that had gathered, she accidentally fell off the crowded train and broke her leg and had to be amputated. She has no idea why this happened, but her confidence didn't waver. After she was fitted with a prosthetic lip, she was still determined to go to Africa. At this moment, everyone laughed at her. And they said, there are carnivals there. If your condition was as before, your two good feet may still be able to run. But now, it's impossible only with one foot remains. Regardless of the bleak circumstances, she went anyway. And at the end, what would be happen? What would have happened? Uh, you know it. She was caught by cannibals. And this time, no one can save her. She was tied to a stake and was going to be killed as a sacrifice. And she cried, Lord, swear are you save me. At that moment, suddenly, in her desperation, prompted by the Holy Spirit, she skillfully removed her prosthetic limb. And the carnivals were totally downfolded and stepped back in horror. How can a person can remove less alive? And the chief unwillingly and disdainfully picked out her prosthetic limb and bite, bite down hard. <laughs> you know, the chief screamed in pain. <laughs> I don't know if the teeth are broken or not. <laughs> Uh, is this kind of meat can be edible or not? So everyone fell to their knees. And just like that, things took a dramatic turn in this barbaric land. Because of her faithful and unswearing faith in God, salvation was made known and has perfected. And people's hearts have entered the light from darkness. 
In the beginning, this ladies, this girl do not understand. But at the end, she knows there is God's will. That is how God saved her. So, brothers and sisters, <clears throat> are there any giants standing in front of us today? In the journey of faith, are there any giants standing in front of us? Today, when we are in various circumstances like this pandemic, or we heard war, should we turn away from following God? Brothers and sisters, may God help us so that our faith are rooted in the Lord that is Jesus Christ and will stand the test of any circumstances. Although our faith will experience wind, rain, flood and storm, when our faith rooted in the Word of God, in Jesus it will not collapse. It will not collapse. And this is very important. That is why many a times our pastors say we need to read the Bible. We need to have a firm foundation because this is very important. If we want to follow God wholeheartedly, not be not destroyed, this is the way. And at the end, and one thing that we need to know, no circumstances can separate us from the love of Christ. No. Okay? And at the end, according to verse 13 to 15, then Joshua, read it together, then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Zephanan, and gave him Haran as his inheritance. So Hebron was belonged to Caleb, son of Zephanan, the Kenizite ever since, because he followed the law, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Hebron used to be called uh, Dan. The land had rest from war. So when Caleb followed God wholeheartedly, he was blessed by God. Not only blessed by God, he was also blessed by Joshua. Go. And he received Hebron as his inheritance, relying on the strength that God gave him to conquer the Anakites. And the land has rest from war. So today, brothers and sisters, God will greatly bless us if we follow God wholeheartedly. If we follow God wholeheartedly. And may God help us to follow Him wholeheartedly. That is, not uninfluenced by the others, uninfluenced by the time, and uninfluenced by the circumstances. May God bless those who listen and obey to his words. Let's come to the Lord and pray together. Father Lord, thank you for giving your words to us this morning. Help us to follow you wholeheartedly and not be influenced by others, not by time, nor by circumstances. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers. We pray all this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.